Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Hey, last weekend uh, was what we called Vision Week, and I, I don't mean this to sound self-serving, but um, if you're part of the Cause Church family, if you consider this your church home, if you missed last weekend, you ought to go back and watch the message. I, I called it an unstoppable church. Uh, but today we're beginning a new series called Great Relationships, God's Way. Great Relationships, God's Way. You know, life is all about relationships. First and foremost, it's about your own personal relationship with the Lord. But it's also about relationships with other people. And while any relationship can be challenging and painful, the Word of God gives us wisdom to love those that He has placed in our lives. And so my hope and prayer this, uh, for this series is that it's going to equip you with practical biblical tools uh, to help you have great relationships, whether it's with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your wife or husband or friends, coworkers, neighbors, crazy relatives. Come on, we all have crazy relatives, whoever it is. Ne next weekend is the Super Bowl, Super Bowl weekend. And I prophesy that the Rams are going to soundly defeat the Bengals. <laughs> At least I hope so. But since it's also Valentine's weekend, my beautiful wife Jenny and I are going to speak together. We're going to talk specifically about marriage. It's going to be helpful. Listen, even if you're not married, uh, it'll still be helpful and encouraging to you. You ought to attend our marriage night this Friday too, by the way. A love that laughs. That's a great theme, I think. Some of us in our relationships, there's so much tension. It's been a long time since we laughed together. That's one of the keys to, to having a successful marriage. But anyways, come on out on Friday night. Turn with me to James chapter 3, if you would, and if you have the Bible with you. You can follow along on the screen as well. In fact, go ahead and just stand up. And, and uh, I like to do this often when we read the Bible to give honor to the Word of God because there's nothing more powerful than the Word of God. James chapter 3. James is the New Testament book of wisdom. The Old Testament book of wisdom is Proverbs. You know, a good spiritual habit to develop in your life is read one Proverbs every day. Today's February 6th. Read Proverbs 6. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. James chapter 3. Let's start in verse 13. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. Say wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Let's read verses 17 and 18 out loud together from the screen. Ready, go. The wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Stay standing for just a moment. Lord, speak to us today. Encourage us, challenge us, change us, Lord, through the power and the truth 
of your word. In Jesus' name. Title of my message today is Peacemaker or Troublemaker, Wisdom for Peace in Relationships. As you're sitting down, some of you already did, look at the person next to you and in your best Mr. T voice, say, I pity the fool. Come on, say, I pity the fool. <laughs> Anybody remember Mr. T? Come on, I grew up in the 80s, the greatest decade. <laughs> Mr. T was on the A-team. He was a superstar. He was in Rocky Three. There he is with all his gold chains. Fun historical fact, by the way, about the Cause Church. In April of 2006, Mr. T came to our church and spoke. Was anybody here and remembers that? There you go. There's a young John with Mr. T. Really nice man, by the way. Loves the Lord. Mr. T only talks about two things, Jesus and his mama. Those are the only two things he talks about. He's a great guy. It was a really fun time. And his famous line, of course, was, I pity the fool. I pity the fool. You know, the Bible says that those who reject or refuse wisdom are fools. And there's probably nowhere that any of us are more foolish in our lives than in our relationships. We just read in James 3, if you've ever been jealous, if you've ever been selfish, if you've ever lied, then you've been foolish. And so we need wisdom. Wisdom shows up in our relationships because wisdom has more to do with what you do than what you think. Wisdom has more to do with your actions than your intelligence. Wisdom is about your disposition, not your diploma. Wisdom is not education or smarts or intelligence. The world is full of educated fools. <laughs> Just go down to a local university and you'll hear a bunch of them. You can have knowledge but still be a fool. You can have degrees but still be a fool. You can have letters behind your name but still be a fool. As the theologian Coolio once said, I'm an educated fool with money on my mind. Come on, somebody. You know the song. You can be the most brilliant scientist in the world, but if your family is a mess, you might be smart, but you're not wise. You're foolish. Wisdom shows up in how we treat others. And listen, all of us, and I would be the first to raise my hand, all of us do foolish things at times. That doesn't mean you're a fool. You're only a fool if you continue to make the same mistake over and over and over and over again. Wisdom learns from relational mistakes. Better yet, wisdom learns from the mistakes of others. Wisdom won't get rid of all your problems, but it will mitigate them and minimize them. You might think, how do I get wisdom and stop making foolish mistakes in my relationships? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> There's only two places. It's not in school or university. It's not on social media or podcasts. It's not in books or blogs. It's not from life coaches and definitely not from social media influencers, whoever those knuckleheads are. Wisdom comes from, number one, knowing God. Wisdom comes from knowing the Lord. Colossians chapter 2, verse 3, God has hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ. Jesus is the source of all wisdom. The second place that wisdom comes from is in obeying the word of God. Not just hearing the word of God, but doing the word of God. Psalm 111, verse 10, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. 
All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. In other words, doing what the word of God says, that is wisdom. And that's why I've called this series Great Relationships, God's Way. I've heard it said more than once from this stage, God's ways are always better. God's ways are always better. They're not always easier, but they're always better. And this passage that we just read, it teaches us how to have wisdom for peace in our relationships. Verse 18 says, those who are peacemakers, say peacemakers. Come on, say it again, say peacemakers. Those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Every single day, in every relationship, you are planting seeds. You're planting seeds, and you will always reap the harvest that you've sown. So you're either planting seeds of trust or distrust, of peace or anger, of love or selfishness. The question is, what kinds of seeds are you planting? What kinds of seeds are you planting in your marriage? What kinds of seeds are you planting in your relationships with your children, with your friends, with your coworkers, with your crazy relatives and their goofy views about God, <laughs> with your neighbors who have different political perspectives and viewpoints? Peacemakers always focus, by the way, they always focus on making things right, not in being right. There's a big difference. I'm going to say it again. Peacemakers focus on making things right, not on being right. You can win an argument and lose a friendship. I've, I've, I've done that. Are you a peacemaker or are you a troublemaker? Constantly having conflict in all your relationships. A couple of years ago, I came to the difficult realization of something. I was having conflict with Jenny. I was having conflict with my family members and I work with all of them. I was having conflict with some of the other pastors and I was thinking, what the heck is wrong with all these knuckleheads? And then I realized, hold on a second, what is wrong with this knucklehead? Because it can't be everybody else's problem. There, I'm the common denominator in all my relationships. There's gotta be something wrong with me. What do I need to fix? Listen, men and women, I say the truth in love. In every single one of your relationships, you are half of the problem, at least, <laughs> because you're half of the equation. Stop trying to fix everyone else and fix yourself. Stop blaming everyone else for your problems and take responsibility for them instead. That's what mature people do. That's what wise people do. And this is especially true in marriage. If you want to have a ha happy, healthy marriage that makes it the distance, stop trying to change your spouse. Nobody's saying amen, but uh, hello. Stop trying to change your spouse. You know what? Let the Lord work in his or her life. Let the Lord work in your life and change yourself. You become a better husband. You become a better wife and then see what happens in your marriage. Romans 12, 18 says, if it is possible, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, li live peaceably with all men. You know what that means? In any relationship, any marriage, any other relationship, there's always two people 
And you don't have any control over the other person, but you do have control over yourself. So even if they choose to be a troublemaker, you can be a peacemaker. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, blessed, that's a great word. Blessed means enviably happy, spiritually prosperous. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So if you want to be blessed, this passage in James uh, gives us six things that wise people don't do in relationships. And probably all of us have made all of these mistakes in our lives, but we're going to learn from wisdom today. So here we go. Wisdom for peace and relationships. Number one, wisdom is pure. So if I want to be wise in my relationships, I won't compromise my integrity. The word pure means uncorrupted, clean, untainted. The word that we would use today is integrity. Because, listen, wisdom starts in the heart, not the head. The foundation of any great relationship is integrity. Because all relationships are built on trust, and all trust is built on truth. I'm going to say that again. All relationships are built on trust, and all trust is built on truth. So if you don't tell me the truth, then I'm not going to trust you. And if I can't trust you, we're not going to have much of a relationship. If a husband repeatedly deceives his wife and lies over and over and over again, and the truth will always come out, by the way, then listen, she's not going to trust him. And if she can't trust him, you're not going to have much of a marriage or a relationship. Too often we lie to others. We lie to God, which is really stupid. How do you think you can get away with that? We lie to ourselves. We lie to ourselves to try to justify and rationalize things that in our heart we know aren't good. We know they're wrong, but we try to explain it away and excuse it away. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 19 says, Truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. If I want to be wise, I won't compromise my integrity. I won't violate my conscience. I won't concede my convictions. I won't live a double life. I'm not going to lie to you. I will tell you the truth. Psalm 101, verse 2, I will behave wisely and follow the way of integrity. When will you come to me? Listen to this. I will walk in my house in integrity and with a blameless heart. Men and women, one of the greatest compliments I think anyone could ever give you, especially your spouse or your kids, is to say, he's a man of integrity. She's a woman of integrity. If you're wise, you won't compromise your integrity. Number two, wisdom is peace-loving. So if I want to be wise in my relationships, I won't antagonize your anger. People who love to fight and argue, the Bible has a word for them. They're called fools. (laughs) And the internet is full of them. Social media is full of them. Wise people are peacemakers, not troublemakers. Proverbs 14, 29, a wise man controls his temper. He knows that anger causes mistakes. Listen, when your anger goes up, your intelligence drops down. 
Because, listen, I, I, I testify. Anytime I get angry, anytime you get angry, you get upset, you start to say and do things that are, are hurtful and self-destructive and stupid. And by the way, the more you know someone, the closer you are with somebody. <laughs> The more you know what irritates them and frustrates them and makes them angry and infuriates them, you know how to push their hot buttons. And so what some of us do is we stockpile weapons of mass relational destruction. And we have a whole stockpile of it. And when that person pushes us too far and says that one thing, we press <laughs> that hot button, and we unload on them and blow them out of the water. And we feel good in the moment, but afterwards there is carnage in our relationship that we have to clean up. That's what anger does. Let me give you this real quick. Three anger antagonizers. If you, if you want to make somebody angry, do these things. <laughs> if you don't, then don't do these things. Number one is comparing. Why can't you be more like so-and-so? You're always like so-and-so. You're just like your mother. Guys, if you say that to your wife, those might be the last words you utter on this side of eternity. I'll see you in heaven. Comparing is foolish. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they lack wisdom and behave like fools. The second thing is condemning. Condemning. Condemning always has the opposite effect of what you're trying to get. Condemning always pushes people away. Ladies, let me tell you something. This is, you need to understand something. Every man, maybe that's an overstatement, almost every man, probably every man that I've talked to, if they're being honest, every man is fighting his conscience all the time whether he realizes it or not. And so when you begin to condemn, when you begin to point out all of his failures and all of his mistakes and everything he's done wrong, and you say things like, I can't believe you, and you always and you never, what happens is that internal anger that he's always battling is turned off of himself and it's turned fully towards you. And that will drive a wedge in your marriage, in your relationship. It is not helpful. Jesus said in Luke 6, 37, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Wow. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. The third anger antagonizer is contradicting. Contradicting. Don't, don't point anybody out. But have you ever been around a married couple and, and one of the spouses is telling a story and every 10 seconds the other spouse is interrupting them, correcting their facts? I've done that to Jenny. It is one of the most unbecoming, unhelpful things. That will cause anger real quick. Because if you do that long enough, resentment and bitterness and anger is building up in the other person's heart. Don't do that. Those are dumb, foolish things to do. Learn to have self-control and keep your mouth shut. Don't sweat the small stuff. And most of it, by the way, is small stuff. <laughs> the famous psychologist William James said, wisdom is the art of knowing what to overlook. That's good advice. Here we go. Number three, wisdom is gentle. Wisdom is gentle. So if I want to be wise in my relationships, I won't minimize your feelings. This is the one that I have the most difficult time with. I'm preaching to myself right now. If I want to be wise, I'm not going to minimize your feelings because the word gentle means courteous or considerate. And that word considerate means that you are mindful of the feelings of others. 
Philippians 4, 5 says, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Wise people are considerate. When someone is rude to you, you're not rude back. When the clerk is a jerk, you're not a jerk face back to them as well. When someone calls you a name, you don't think of an expletive and add an adjective to it. Come on, somebody. Being considerate is the antidote to two common mistakes that we make in relationships. One of those mistakes is that we react to what people say and ignore how people feel. If you're gonna be wise, don't just focus on the words that somebody is communicating to you, but look behind the words to their feelings. This is hard, I think, especially for guys to do. People don't, oftentimes people don't really say what they mean, especially if they're upset or angry. They say things, you know, just to, that, that are out of emotion. The next time you're in an argument in your marriage and your wife is upset with you, you ought to at least think to yourself, what is causing her? What is the real reason she's so upset with me? Try to do this in your relationships, by the way, especially with people who are unkind and rude. People who are unkind and rude, they need massive doses of kindness and love. You know why they're unkind and rude? It's because they're in pain. It is, it's because they're in pain, they're, they're hurting. And hurt people hurt people. So if you can be mature enough, if you can be wise enough to not take it personally and to look behind their, the, the words to their feelings, you're gonna be able to minister God's love to a lot of people. Romans 15 verse two says, we must bear the burden of being considerate of the doubts and fears of others. Let's please the other fellow, not ourselves, and do what is for his good and thus build him up in the Lord. The second common mistake that we make with feelings is we invalidate any feelings we don't feel ourselves. <laughs> we invalidate any feelings that we don't feel ourselves. You don't need to respond to this, but if you're married, have you ever had the temperature argument with your spouse? <laughs> yes, Chris. It's hot in here, you say. Your wife says, no, it's not, I'm cold. And then somehow it escalates into a stupid argument. You are arguing about feelings. You're not even arguing about facts. It is entirely possible for two people to, to one to feel hot and one to feel cold at the same time. I know it doesn't make logical sense, but that, in fact, I could get you guys fighting right now because some of you are hot and some of you are cold in here. Some of you walk in here and say, it's freezing in here all the time. Others of you are warm all the time. Listen, by the way, God bless whoever invented climate control in cars, right? That's probably saved some marriages. Don't invalidate the feelings of others. Feelings are neither right nor wrong, they just are. Let people feel how they're feeling. Acknowledge their feelings, but don't try to convince them that they're wrong. Guys, listen, if your girlfriend or your wife says something like, I feel ugly today, <laughs> the, the wrong answer is, no, you're not. You're at least mildly above average. Don't say that. <laughs> you know what a, a good answer is? Honey, you're, I think you're absolutely gorgeous. But tell me, why do you feel that way today? And listen, if she wants to, she will tell you something. Guys, I'm warning you, it will make no sense. It will be completely illogical. Don't try to figure it out. Just say, honey, I'm sorry you feel that way. Come on, is that good, is that good wisdom, ladies? Jenny, all right, okay. I gotta be careful because Jenny's speaking next week. She's gonna, she's gonna correct me. 
Number four, wisdom is, is willing to yield to others. So if I wanna be wise in my relationships, I won't criticize your suggestions. You know, one of the main ways that you yield to others and that you grow in wisdom is by listening, being a good listener. This is something I'm still working on. Because being a good li listener, it requires love, it requires care for others, it requires humility. I laugh sometimes, you know. I talk to people, I can have a 30 minute conversation with some people and I'll ask them questions. They will talk about themselves for 30 minutes. Not one time does it even cross their mind to ask me a question about how I'm doing. And that is common, why? Because our favorite topic is me, myself, and I. But if you wanna be wise, then yield to others and listen to them. It communicates love. In fact, Proverbs 12, 15 says, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Do you listen to the people in your life who love and care about you deeply, especially if they're offering suggestions to try to help you? Because all of us have blind spots. There are things that we say and do that we don't even realize that aren't helpful in relationships. And if you're wise, you will give people that you love and trust permission to speak into your life and offer you suggestions. Let me give you an example. Not too long ago, I won't tell you what it's about or how long, not too long ago, I would ask Jenny questions and say, babe, tell me, what do you think about this? And she would give me her opinion. And you know what? I, how I would respond every time? I'd get defensive and I would try to correct her and I would try to, and I would basically argue with her and tell her why she's wrong. And I did that again and again and again, every single time. And she finally got to the point where she says, I'm not talking to you about this anymore. I'm done. She says, because every time you get defensive and you're rude to me, and she was 100% right, I was 100% wrong. And so wisdom is saying, you know what, I need to change, because she was trying to be helpful. Listen, give permission to do that, that's wisdom. Number five is this, wisdom is full of mercy and good deeds. So if I wanna be wise in my relationships, I won't emphasize your mistakes. I won't emphasize your mistakes. This is not a trick question, but you don't need to answer. Who is the wisest person in the universe? God, I'll, I'll tell you, God is, okay? <laughs> Who is the most merciful? God. So if you wanna be, be like God, listen, then be wise and be merciful. Men and women, how has the Lord treated you? He's, he's merciful, he's kind, he forgives all of your sins, he gives you grace, he gives you what you don't deserve, which is what mercy is. Every good gift you have is from the Lord. The breath that you're breathing right now, men and women, that's God's mercy. The fact that your heart is beating right now, that's God's mercy. Every good thing in your life, life itself, that's because of God's mercy. And listen, if God treats you that way, then we need to extend the same thing to other people as well. Jesus has a lot to say about that, by the way. He got angry at the Pharisees because that's not how they treated people. They did the opposite. Ephesians chapter four, verse 32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So in your relationships, don't emphasize others' mistakes. Don't jump on everybody else's blunders. Don't point out other people's sins. Don't bring up past failures. Don't let their mistakes build up and then let all your frustration out. That's foolish. 
Some of us in our marriages, when we get in a argument or fight or quote unquote heated discussion, whatever you call it, we start to get emotional, we start to get angry, we start to get upset, we get hysterical, and then we make another mistake and we get historical. And we start to bring up every single thing that that, the, that other person has done wrong to us. Some of us bring up things from 30 years ago that we didn't even remember. That is one of the most detrimental things you can do in any relationship. Here's marriage advice, by the way. My parents would teach this all the time. If you're married, never ever bring something up that's more than 30 days old. Because listen, if you've really forgiven somebody, if you've really forgiven them, then you've moved on, and as Elsa, the, the theologian says, let it go. If you keep bringing it up, you haven't forgiven that person. Why? Because God says, I will forgive your sins and I will remember them no more. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far I've removed your sins. I've cast them down to the depths of the sea. God chooses not to remember your sins. Why are you remembering the sins of your spouse? <laughs> Why are you pointing out the, the, the little speck in their eye when you got a plank in your own eye? Come on, somebody. Is this too hard? I'm, I've made all these mistakes, so I'm just... I'm just preaching from experience and from my own failures. It's just not smart to do. Just let those things go, men and women. Let them go. <laughs> Proverbs 17, 9 says, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. I say dwelling on it separates close marriages. 1 Peter 4, 8, Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. Here's number six. You guys can come out, start playing. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I need to wrap up. Number six, wisdom. Wisdom for peace and relationships. Number six, wisdom is impartial and always sincere. So if I want to be wise in my relationships, I won't disguise my intentions. Here's what I mean by that. 2,000 years ago when the New Testament was written in the Greek culture, Greeks invented comedies and tragedies. And so they would have plays, you know, just like we go to today for entertainment. Oftentimes an actor, they would wear a mask, play a part, then they'd go backstage, change, and then they'd come out, put another mask on, play a completely different part. The word for that in Greek is hypokritos. One who wears a mask and plays a part. The word we get is hypocrite, which Jesus used a whole lot in the gospels. In James 3, the words impartial and sincere are completely the opposite. Adiakritos and anipokritos, which mean genuine and authentic without hypocrisy, the real deal. And if you're going to be wise in your relationships, you're going to be the real deal. You're not going to be fake or phony. Our world is full of fake and phony. You know the two places, two main places you find that? Number one is online, and especially on social media. So much of what's on social media, it is fake, it is phony. If, you're, if you believe everything you read, that is foolish. Social, if you wanna be a social media influencer, here's how you do it. Go to the Brea Mall, find a nice fancy car that you don't own, take a picture in front of it, pull a motivational quote from the internet, now you're a social media influencer. Find a BMW with a sweet, weird camouflage paint job, paint job, now you're a social media influencer, it's silly. <laughs> Why are you listening to fake people who don't care about you and lack wisdom? 
The other place, by the way, where people are fake and phony is on dates. Because you smell your best, look your best, talk your best, dress your best. Come on, you don't even burp or fart on a date. You laugh at things that aren't funny. Listen, I'm, t- I'm telling you this because some of you single people who really want to be in relationship, you're desperate. I'm going to say it. Ladies, I've heard you say things like before, I need to get married because my eggs are drying up. <laughs> it's silly. Listen, you give your heart away to some knucklehead who winks at you and you begin to fall in love. You don't even know him. And he's pretending. He's deceiving you. Take some time, exercise some wisdom, listen to some other suggestions from your mom and dad and people around you who know you and love you and say, that guy, you need to stay away from him. He's a jokester. He's not telling you the truth. Come on, is this helping anybody? Oh, I, I, I'm telling you, that's it. I have, seen, I have seen good people make dumb decisions in relationships. If you're a peacemaker, if you're wise in relationships, you don't disguise your intentions. You don't wear a mask. You don't fake it until you make it. You don't pretend to be somebody you're not, including online, by the way, trying to get a job and and building your resume. That's deceitful. You don't lie. You don't cheat. You don't trick others. You don't try to uh, deliberately mislead people to take advantage of them, including at your job, in your workplace. God doesn't honor that. Wise people are genuine and authentic and without hypocrisy and the real deal. What you see is what you get. And men and women, if we're going to be men and women of God, if we're going to do it God's way, we need to walk in wisdom. He always honors that. Are you a peacemaker or are you a troublemaker? Are you making wise decisions in your relationships or are you making foolish mistakes? Come on, let's make wise decisions. Let's be wise people. In fact, just close your eyes for a moment. I I think this is a good thing to do as we get ready to close. In fact, put your hands on on your heart, if you would. Wisdom starts in our heart. Would you just, if you want to, I'm not gonna force you, but I'd like to invite you just to pray, repeat a prayer after me, asking God to help you in your relationships. Just repeat this after me, a phrase at a time with your hand on your heart. Say, God, I wanna be a peacemaker and have wisdom in my relationships. I want to do things your way, not my way. Show me what I'm doing wrong and where I need to change. Now, I'm going to give you a moment. I'm going to let God speak to you right now. And he'll show you if you're listening. Mom, don't leave it. I want to have you come up real quick. Probably in your marriage... Men and women, whatever it is, whatever the Lord shows you, why don't you just make a decision to change? Say, Lord, help me to change. In fact, let's let's say that right now. Repeat after me. Say, Lord, I need your help and your power to change. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc or call 714-255-0930.